Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kellen, with me as always is my brother Brendan, and together we make movies with DBS Films. In today's episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about part one of what we are expecting for filming our 13th feature horror film. Right now it is titled as The Roger Files. As always, be sure to go ahead and take a look at our Discord channel online. That is the place to be because we make movies for our fans with our fans. So if you want to see the inside access, if you want to see behind the scenes, all of those fun things. Well, that is the place to be. So that being said, really in this episode, we want to kind of go ahead and hop into our overall views of what we're expecting when it comes to this movie, give you some insights into basically what it's about, what we're looking to learn from it. And then in part two, we're going to kind of go into more of the nitty gritty details of what we're planning and what our ex or our execution is going to look like for that. So with that all being said, this is our 13th feature film. It is going to be our second found footage feature that we are making. And, you know, honestly, I feel like it is uh, one of the more unique ones that we're making in the sense that we've really kind of scaled it down a bit. So, Brennan, I'm kind of curious, what's your overall thoughts just on the Roger Files as our 13th feature? Well, it's, it's lucky number 13. So um, I have high hopes for this one. Um, it started as a very small project. Um, we wanted to really just work with one actor, which is Ben, who played Roger in The Shapeshifter. Did such a good job in that one that we brought him back and gave him a feature role in the project. If you've heard me talk about this stuff before, we usually start our actors off small with non-speaking roles or very little dialogue. Then they kind of move up to a supporting actor role, and then they move to a feature. And we've done this multiple times. We've done it with Dylan. And it's a good process because it kind of gets your feet wet. You kind of learn on the job and you get comfortable with me and, you know, we kind of scale up. So we all get better at the same time with uh, this project though, you know, into the forest was a very ambitious project. It was a very big project. There was a lot of actors in that project. I think we cast 20 people from our discord. So it was not a small project at all. It was our most expensive shoot to date. And, if you've heard me talk about it before, I kind of like to scale up and then take a step back. And this project was a very large step back as in it's just really one person, but the script kind of started fleshing out and I started to get really comfortable with this script. And the story is actually really good. It just kind of get, get better and better. The more I worked with Ben, the more he brought his input into it. And the more, you know, we kind of developed this script and it's kind of gotten to a bigger project. Now we have more people. There's larger scenes in there. But it's to the place now where I think it's it's going to be a really cool project. But what I'm really excited about this is this is going to be the first time we're actually hitting our cadence and our rhythm. So we finished Into the Forest 2 at the end of October. We had this script done in January. So really only two months of writing the script. And honestly, two months is generous because with Thanksgiving and Christmas, I wasn't really attacking this as, as much as I possibly could have. So you have two weeks to write a movie. We have eight days to film it. And hopefully we're out of uh, pre-production or post-production in February. So you're looking at a three-month turnaround for a movie, which is pretty much unheard of, especially when we have Shapeshifter in distribution. We have Into the Forest going through post-production. So now we're getting that cadence and that rhythm that's going to allow us to make four to five movies next year. 
that's really what we're looking for is to keep the grind moving forward. You know, I think the biggest thing with this is it's really nice seeing that progression. It's something we always talk about where this industry is so slow. And unless you have a, a full pipeline, it's really tough to go ahead and continue moving it forward. And I think one thing I wanted to kind of start off with talking about is this is our second found footage movie. And we are going to have the year of found footage here. So we did our first found footage that, you know, you were being the cinematographer for and that we were really diving in. It's our third found footage overall. But something that we really highlighted in the past episodes talking about found footage specifically were, you know, hey, here's the pros and cons. And one of the major pros, as we were mentioning, is it is very quick to get these movies through that post-production process. So do you want to kind of talk about the experience with Into the Forest 2 and why, you know, even while we were filming Into the Forest 2, we were always talking about, hey, we can put something together really quick. We can get it filmed. We can get it done. And we can have another movie out there generating revenue for DBS Films. Yeah, it's just much quicker to get through post-production. Um, when we finished Shapeshifter, we shot that early May, and it didn't finish um, post-production until about November, I believe we showed it to the Discord. Um, so you're looking at a lot of months in just post-production. And when something's in post-production, obviously you cannot upload it, so it's not generating money. But that's also just time that I have to work on it instead of working on other projects. And you can only pull yourself in so many directions before you kind of lose focus and you kind of burn out. With uh, Into the Forest 2.0, you know, we wrapped that at the end of October. Um, I edited it in November and uh, December. And, you know, obviously we were in holiday mode at that point. Um, and I was still working on Shapeshifter um, as well, just to get it through quality control. But for the most part, it maybe took me about a month, four or five weeks to really get this thing in a really good spot. I'm going to spend the rest of this weekend finishing and polishing up the last like seven or eight minutes of this movie. And then I'll have a feedback cut. And once you have a feedback cut is just gathering information. And then once I, you know, make my tweaks, uh, show it to a few people, then we'll show it to the discord to get larger feedback, but then it's pretty much done and out the door. There's nothing in here that is super technical. I don't anticipate, um, having a lot of pickups. There may be a couple of shots here and there, but that's just basically, basically me holding a flashlight. So you're going from, you know, four to five months in post, which is really, really fast for indie filmmakers down to almost six weeks. So now you kind of see why we gravitate towards found footage um, to get these things done through post, just because there's only so many angles you can use. You don't need to worry about cutting back and forth and just getting it on a timeline and going through the whole process is just a much easier process as opposed to something, you know, cinematic like the shapeshifter where I was just, you know, I had hours and hours and hours of footage, which is a good thing. But when you're only one man, and you don't have other editing people as far as like assistance helping you, it can really slow you down. Yeah, I mean, that's really the case. And it's something we talk about all the time, especially being an indie filmmaker is, you know, this process is such a daunting and grueling effort when it comes to just getting everything taken care of, when it comes to just all the details that come up. And, you know, you'll typically see a lot of productions or indie productions, they put all of their eggs in one basket, all of the focus here. And, you know, having these concepts that are relatively easier to pull off really make it a lot easier to continue moving forward when it comes to just the overall production. So 
you know, as we were kind of mentioning, I think really where this all kind of stemmed from was the performance that Ben gave in Forest of Death. I mean, we're going to have Forest of Death coming out shortly, probably next month sometime. And, you know, you'll be able to take a look at Roger uh, in his full glory in those the, that movie there. And that's really why I kind of spurred to the Roger file. So this is kind of our first, like, you know, we were saying real piece of of. I would almost say, you know, acting forward when it comes to we're designing a, a movie around the actual role that we think we can get, or the actual performance that we think we can get out of Ben. So do you want to kind of talk about how, you know, in the process of working with someone on set, it really does inspire you. You know, it happens all the time. We'll have someone for one role. We'll see how they're acting. And then we'll kind of be like, you know what they'd be really good for something like this or something like that. Yeah. And it, it shows you the importance of why you should always audition and try and get on as many sets as you possibly can because when you do this um you know immediately when i'm writing the scripts i'm not visualizing characters in my head i'm visualizing people that i've worked with in the past that i want to bring back bring back for these projects and that's super critical um especially if you're a new actor you want to work with you know, a director again and again and again. Um, and as a director, I like to bring back people that I've worked with before because that whole risk of bringing someone new on set, how are they going to deal with all, you know, the, our other people, our assistants on set? How are they going to, you know, vibe together with the group? Is always a huge concern. You know, a DBS shoot is not like a regular shoot. We move very quickly. It's very fast paced. There's a lot of stress involved in these shoots. And knowing like someone like Ben can come in here, handle it, um, takes a lot off my plate. There's not a lot of weight on my shoulders as far as, you know, no matter what, I have to get a movie done. I have to get that movie finished and I have to sit there and have to waste mental energy worrying about people breaking or walking off set. Um, if I don't have to worry about that, I could take that energy and focus on something else, like working with the other actors. So I always want to kind of, you know, work with new people, but kind of sprinkle them in. If you look at most of our movies, 67% of the people who work on that uh, film have worked with something that we've done in the past. So we go back and we pull characters from past movies, but we also want to bring in new talent, cultivate new talent. And most of that new talent is from the discord. So I think we have a very good process in there, but if you're an actor, you know, this just shows you, you have to be on as many sets as possible. Say yes to as many projects as possible. Cause even if they're not very good or you don't think you're a very good fit at this time, you know, you never know when that director is going to blow up or if a producer is going to see you, especially with our stuff. Murder House was seen over three million times. That's a lot of eyeballs. All it takes is one producer, one casting agent to see you. And then all of a sudden your career could take off. And that's just our general philosophy. Um, but our philosophy also follows what a lot of other directors and producers do as well. So we're always taking the actors that have worked with us in smaller roles and moving them to bigger roles, which was Roger was a supporting actor and now he's getting a full feature. It happened to Dylan, happened to Chloe. Um, we brought back Tyler a few times. So that's just what you need to be aware of and it just comes down to how many reps can you get how many times can you go on set and get an uploaded finished project that other people can see and that should be your goal as an actor exactly that so that's why we are very excited for this one and i think another thing i'd, I'd want to kind of mention we also do have this this thing just from our experience that we've been kind of saying that you know 
this of course is you know one of our quicker ones one of the ones that we've kind of thrown together um I wouldn't say in haste, but just kind of, you know, it's, it's, there's not too much when it comes to the concept. It's not a grander idea. We always talk about how Forest of Death was kind of like our big one out there that we kind of like threw out there to basically be like, hey, here's what the, like a, a grander concept that we want to take a stab at. But from our personal experience, what we've seen is there's not really that correlation between us going bigger and the results being better, you know, specifically with like the haunting of the suicide house, which is one of our easiest and like most affordable budgets that we did doing probably some of the most work in DBS history. And I think, you know, this is just a good time to kind of correlate. There's a big mentality in indie production where they almost think the outcome is tied directly to the budget. That's not necessarily the case. And it's almost kind of something, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we are correct with this, but we're kind of predicting that, you know, watch this one do a lot of work. Yeah, it's um, from my experience, the movies that have a smaller budget and are more minimalistic do better. And I see this not only from my experience, but experience watching a lot of indie filmmakers. The concept of keeping everything small allows you to work with a smaller set of actors, which allows you to work with them more as opposed to you know working with a ton of actors. Your time is limited. You're not able to work with each one individually. If you have a couple actors, um, you can work with them more so you can hone their performance. But it also focuses more on, you know, story. You can really kind of layer in your story. And when I was talking to Ben and we're going over this script, I'm like, this concept is a really cool concept. The story is really, really good. The difference between a good movie and a great movie is going to come down to the small details. And the details are stuff that we necessarily want to show the audience. We don't want to tell. Because it is a one-man movie, essentially. There's no other character to kind of, you know translate story stuff through dialogue or you know show relationship stuff is literally roger narrating the thoughts that are in his head to the camera so we want to be careful because that could get very boring very quickly but how we want to layer that is through his performance through roger's tendencies throughout this movie and really kind of you know build the relationships with the other characters that he sees as he encounters throughout the movie and the more we can kind of build that uh build all that depth and kind of create more layers to the onion. I think you take a movie and a story that's very solid and very good and flows very well. And we can actually get a very deep movie. And this movie has the potential to on the surface look like a horror movie, but it's much more of a psychological thriller and how far we can go down that psychological thriller route is just going to come down to, you know, how much depth can we give these characters? How much subtext can we give um, the story and how could we reward the audience by following along and seeing little clues that were kind of peppering throughout the movie. So with that being said, you know, one thing that has come up is I think this is a really cool concept. It's something that we've been wanting to do for a while because we've always said, you know, kind of losing track of time is a really, really cool concept. And I've been explaining a little bit in our TikTok lives or to some of the discords, because obviously when we do our open audition process, which has been going on now, we get a lot of people who are kind of questioning, like, what's the concept here? What's going on? So, Brendan, do you want to give us a little bit of a non-Facebook added, uh, split-tested synopsis of what people can expect coming up with the Roger Files? Yeah, so the Roger Files um, is kind of a unique uh, premise. And in this movie, there's multiple concepts 
that we're going to test out for other movies. And I think this is kind of a cool thing um, because it allows us to see what people like and what they don't like. And there's multiple full-length feature movies that can be pulled from little segments of this actual movie. So we have zombies in this movie because you heard me talk about I really want to have zombies. I want to make a zombie film. Um, the first 30 minutes of this movie is more of um, like a, a true crime thing. There's nothing really paranormal in it. Um, it is about Roger going off in the woods to try and find his missing sister. She went out in the woods with her boyfriend and kind of, you know, disappeared and nobody knows where she was. So he's on a a quest to try and go out there and figure out what happened to his sister. The murder mystery aspect um, is sort of like the Gabby Petrino situation where she was out there with a boyfriend. No, uh, well, they know what happened, but like that super sad thing kind of happened, but that's exactly what like we're trying to pull from a little bit there where she goes out in the woods with the boyfriend, kind of a sketchy character and doesn't return and they can't find anybody. That's the first 30 minutes of this movie. And then after that, you know, we bring in our horror tropes, which is, you know, there's something out there in the woods with them. And so you're going from murder mystery kind of uh, mystery thriller to a horror movie. And I think it'll be kind of cool to see how we can pull that off. Um, I do want to make some murder mystery movies in the future. Um, so how we weave this mystery and kind of pepper clues and lore with the, the audience is going to be really kind of cool. Um, and uh you know, after that, it just kind of goes, it goes off the rails and it's just very fast paced, um, movie, but essentially when he goes out there, it becomes sort of like a purgatory and it's a metaphor for Roger's life, which is basically, he's been stuck in a, a circle and he's going over, um, he like can't get going as far as like getting his life in gear. So he's kind of, you know, alcohol is a big issue with him. And he gets thrown into this purgatory of this woods where there is no sun. It just stays night. It stays one day consistent. And that turns out to be some kind of paranormal entity that's um, in there, but it causes him to black out and, you know, he can't really recall what he's been doing in the woods. So that in itself is very scary. If you ever had a really bad hangover and you can't really remember the night before, it's kind of foggy. We're kind of amping that stuff up. And because it is a found footage movie, how he figures out what he did is he watches it back on his camera. So it's kind of an inception where it's a found footage movie inside of a found footage movie. Um, and once again, like we have a lot of cool stuff in here that I don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off, but we're going to give it our best effort and we're going to learn from it. I think there's multiple ways to take this script. This is a 1.0 version script. So it's, you know, brand new. It's something similar to like what we did the shapeshifter. Um, but the the whole goal is to try and make a Roger Project 2.0, a Roger Project 3.0, and really kind of hammer this story out and figure out, you know, what we like and what we don't like and how we can get better. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, you've heard us talk before where basically a lot of the times that we recommend is just revisiting the past concept and ideas that you've already done simply because it's going to give you more capabilities to, you know, really take a look at it, get a final production of it, understand where you can improve. And I think this is definitely one that we're going to find out elements that work, elements that don't work and really push home from there. I think the one thing that I mentioned that really sets it up for being very interesting and unique and also truly embracing the foundation 
footage element of it is those kind of blackout periods that you mentioned. And anytime I go into kind of describing what the plot is like saying, Hey, you know, imagine you go to sleep, it's night, you try and stay up, it's night. And then, you know, you don't really quite remember things, but you're seeing a video of you doing things. So it's almost kind of that blackout element. So, you know, I, I think we've always, you know, usually when we come up with ideas, ideas typically revolve around scenes, I would say, you know, you usually have like a cool concept for a scene. And it's always been a cool concept of well, imagine you black out, you take a look at a camera and you, you see yourself doing something and then that continues to progress and escalate. Or you go to sleep and you wake up and you've just been missing time. And I think really it's kind of spawned from there. But do you want to talk about how that plays really uniquely in the concept of found footage? And also when it comes to just filming the execution of it, it allows you to really break things up. And I think because of that, that's working directly within the idea that we have of keeping the budget sound and tight because it gives you a ton of flexibility for when these scenes are occurring, for when they're seeing the scenes. And, you know, then you really just have the role of Roger kind of holding it all together. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be the driving force of this movie, but um, found footage is just easier to shoot and it's easy to edit. And this one will actually be easier than Into the Forest because we are going to have two cameras um, as far as what he's actually holding. One camera is going to be his POV that he's actually holding and we're going to have like a little camera on his shoulder that's going to emulate like a GoPro camera. So we will have two angles, which allows us two cut points. Um which allows us to really just get a ton of footage. And that's the whole goal um, with working with Roger and just uh, with Ben and trying to, you know, tell him exactly what I'm trying to get from this project is here are the beats that we need you to hit and just go. And he's perfectly fine going and delivering eight to 10 minute monologues um, on about a scene. And then I can take that. And that's all absolute gold for me because when I sit down and edit it, I only need little minute nuggets here and I could kind of pace it out and make sure this movie continues to flow and moves forward as opposed to really slowing down. I think one thing looking back into the forest 2.0, that movie is very well paced. It flows very quickly, but there are some scenes that I kind of wish we had two cameras that I was able to, you know, manipulate the performances just a little bit more. I think that is one thing that kind of gets lost in the found footage aspect is you don't have the ability to really manipulate the performances of the actors. Um, we've worked with a lot of actors before that have either struggled with lines or their performances were just a little bit off and just need a little bit more editing. And you have that luxury in cinematic because you have multiple angles, you have multiple cuts. With found footage, you do have to be careful because unless you want to kind of jump cut, which is really your only option, and it kind of it can it can be off putting to the viewer if you're seeing all these cuts, it kind of takes you out of the realism. You want to have one seamless flow, almost like a oneer. Um, but with this one, we were making sure we have two cuts. Um, Ben understands what he needs to give for the performance, and I'm just excited to go back to really kind of editing this thing a little bit more to really making sure this movie flows. It's fast paced so that, you know, we can work well with distribution and AVOD platforms. Yeah, I think that's really the case is basically having that manipulation, as you were mentioning, having the two cameras, it allows for just changing up the pacing a lot. It allows for kind of moving forward. So since this episode is really going to be mainly focused on kind of the overall ideas and then the next episode, we'll kind of get into more of the tactics of how we're planning on executing it, what we're going to do for kind of filming it. You know, I was kind of curious when it comes to this plot 
Um, you know, I, I think personally for me, uh, taking a look at the script, I think what I'm the most interested in is kind of how seamless it's going to be for us to almost do these scenes where you watch yourself doing it, you know, and I think any, whether it's a possession, any kind of blackout, any type of lose control, those are all very easily plots that you can do. So I think I'm curious, you know, what is the impact like, what's the impact going to be for the audience, for everyone, essentially seeing Roger recording himself, not knowing this. I think that's what I'm most curious and kind of seeing the end result. Is there anything that you, you know, concept or test wise? Cause again, I'd say a lot of the things that we are doing in this movie you know, we've done them before, whether it's the Ouija, whether it is the intro scene that we have, there's just a lot of things that we kind of know as proven. I think the big unknown for me is kind of seeing how does that flow work with someone watching themselves doing something? Is that going to be suspenseful? Is that going to be scary? Because, you know, if we do it right, you can play up a lot of tension and I think you could get a lot of good results out of it. Yeah, we write our scripts similar to what I was talking about before as far as like, we work with actors that we have uh, worked with before. We kind of sprinkle in new stuff. It's the same thing with our scripts. Just we're 90, uh, I probably say 90%. I probably say about 60 or 7% of the script we've done before. About 30% of the script is new stuff. So looking back at the stuff before that we've used before, I always want to make sure that we get better at it. We're doing the Ouija board scene from the murder house. Again, I really want to make sure we're making a better Ouija board scene. We're doing an intro scene that we've done in a previous movie. I'm really trying to make sure that we do that better. Um, there's another really difficult scene for Ben, a very emotional scene that we did in Into the Forest 2.0. And we're going to try it again in this one. So with the ones that we've used before, the goals just get better. And then what Kel said, as far as the new stuff, um, I'm also really looking forward to how the audience kind of resonates with the whole lore where they're stuck in the woods and it's one day and time just kind of doesn't exist or exists in a 24 hour period while you're inside this kind of bubble. So similar to like what Annihilation did. I'm interested to see, you know, what the audience reactions to, you know, him blacking out and not remembering his stuff and then watching him commit these kind of crazy acts through his, uh, his, his camera. So you're the found footage inception concept. I want to see, you know, the found footage people's reaction to that kind of stuff. Cause it is kind of breaking the fourth wall just a little bit. Um, I'm interested to see how we kind of pull off zombies because once again, I really want to make a zombie movie. I want to see how, you know, how long it takes the makeup to do, how well it looks, um, you know, how we can kind of pull that stuff off. How zombies look in the woods is also really big, but I think the biggest thing for me is, can we pull off a one man movie? Can we tell this whole story in an engaging fashion, in a fast paced fashion, all the way start to finish, hour 20 minutes, which is really one character all the way throughout. Because if we can do this, it allows us another concept. And you can take any kind of actor and put them in this kind of movie. We could change up the lore, like I was talking about before. This is a little paranormal. You can do a straight mystery one with this. Um, there's a lot of different concepts you can do. But if we kind of figure out the template to make this work, these movies are much uh, less expensive 
and they really allow me to work with the actor a little bit more. So I think you're going to see a bump in the acting performances. Um, so I'm really excited to see this. I like to add this kind of template, this kind of style to our uh, arsenal. Um, but, you know, once again, I don't know if this stuff is going to work. This is a 1.0 concept idea. We've never shot anything like this before. Um, so it's just kind of let's get let's do it. Let's get it uploaded. Let's get feedback and see if this, you know, this works if we actually pulled it off. Yeah, I think that is the case, and that's the exciting part of this. So that's going to go ahead and wrap up the first episode. Again, in the next episode, we're going to kind of hop into more of the nitty-gritty details of how we're executing this concept, what we're looking forward when it comes to the actual production. As always, though, be sure to follow us online on our Discord channel. Be sure to go ahead and take a look at us because this is where we make movies for our fans, with our fans. So if you want to be part of this process, if you want a chance to be in our movies, that is the place to go. But until then, have a good one.